You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Okay, okay. Welcome, welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to have you here. We are using a platform called Demio because it's more fun. Um, So this session is all about burnout, which is a fun topic depending on the angle that you look at it. But it's definitely a topic that's really close to my heart. Just by way of housekeeping, there are a few things that will be a little bit different about our session today. So the first thing is that we're delivering this as a workshop. So yes, it's a podcast episode but it is also a workshop. So folks are in the room, live, able to engage, uh, respond to me in the chat. Definitely going to have time for plenty of Q&A at the end. Um, And of course, I've got a few polls, a few fun things um, that I'll be sending out as we go along because I promised you practical. I always promise you practical. And with burnout, that's not going to be any different. With this session, that's not going to be any different. So for those of you who are listening back to this on the podcast, that's my housekeeping notice to say, I might say some things that don't make sense to you because you're listening to the audio or you're watching the recording back. But hang in there. Do not worry at all. We'll make sure that any resource that I share um, is linked and available for you to dive in also. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of a story as folks are entering the room. And as you come in, just let us know in the chat, where are you joining us from? Good old fashioned question, keeping it simple, depending on where you are in the world, it's the evening. Um, So keeping it really, really simple, where are you dialing in from? Um, And then I'll go ahead and dive in. So I'll start off with a story, which is that actually my business and my work as a career coach actually started off with my experience of burnout. Yes, I was coming out of a station that I can now see from Just Jazz HQ, Oldgate East Station, um, and I had a panic attack. Now, the context for this was I was doing a job that I absolutely loved, right? I loved it. I'd recently pivoted away from my career as evaluation surveyor into the world of tech, and I dove head first. They said you could take the laptop home. I took the laptop home. They said that you could expense Deliveroo if you stay past seven o'clock. I did that. They said, as long as you've got a pass, you can get in any time you want. So I was the first one to open up. Um, Not always the last one to lock up because I am a bit of an early bird, but you get the picture. I dove headfirst into it. And in the process, I betrayed myself in ways that I have never done since, to be honest with you. Um, So it's really, really important that I just start off saying that I have had experience of burnout. That's my most recent experience. Prior to that, I have uh, not so fond memories of having a panic attack in the basement of a luxury hotel. 
going up, mustering up the energy, both physical and emotional, to go to the duty manager and say, can I leave early? Bearing in mind, by this time, it was about 11.30 at night, we were clearing down a wedding. He said, no, you need to finish your shift. And I pretty much, I don't know if you who are listening and in the room can understand what it's like for you to muster up the courage to ask something like that in a public forum, right? Because I've come upstairs from the basement to ask that and then try and hold it together enough to get back down to the basement and into a toilet cubicle before you burst into tears. That was it. I was practically living at the hotel at that point. I was picking up balls that other people were dropping, right? Bearing in mind, I'm taking full responsibility. Nobody asked me to pick up these balls. But again, and this is something I'm going to tuck into, I did it because I cared. I did it because I was engaged. I was committed, right? I felt very, very dedicated to the cause. And so I did all of these things. Again, not noticing all the ways in which I was sacrificing myself. So that's the journey for burnout with me. And then also in the work that I do with clients who are high achieving they also then recount similar stories, similar experiences of burnout, um, overwhelm, consistent stress. Um, And another thing as well, you know, tying that in with a sense of anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, quite often these things tend to rock up in combos. And that's definitely what it was for me, um, my anxiety you know, that was the panic attack. But ultimately, I had really, really just taken every single resource that my body could give. And another reason why it's important for us to have this conversation is because burnout's been part of the conversation. Um, And it's been part of the conversation for years. Freudenberger, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, is a psychologist. And they described burnout as to fail, wear out or become exhausted by making excessive demands on energy, strength or resources. Excessive demands, right? So when I think of my own experience, I can be honest with you, there were many things that were environmental, right? That fast paced startup environment, great. But the rest of those demands were mine. It was my self-expectation that had me popping up in the middle of the night with thoughts of clients I hadn't emailed. It was my sense of self-expectation that had me saying, do you know what, guys, I'm going to work through the night. Could I get a room in the hotel because there's no point me going home at this stage? Right. These were these things. These were the things that were happening. So these are things I want you to keep in mind when we think about the definition of burnout, to fail, wear out, become exhausted by making excessive demands on energy, strength or resources. And again, that was coined in the 1970s. So this is nothing new. A 2018 study actually looked at over 2000 people in 63 different workplaces. And they also found that women reported higher levels of burnout than men. They also then saw in a 2017 study that negative life events and job demands had a significant effect on burnout, but only for women, right? So there's this there's this burden, this sense of additional burden, emotional burden, right? Sort of the life admin that goes on in a household where that's typically done by women, that makes it more likely for women to experience burnout because essentially both of the studies Um, expressed that this could be because women feel the pressure to do it all, both at work and at home. But I'm going to be very clear about 
what we're talking about when we talk about burnout, because that's why it's different from exhaustion, is because we are talking about work. Burnout is quite specifically connected to work, our profession, our careers. So this isn't necessarily you being emotionally exhausted by pressures of family, health. It is about our ability to perform. And really, when we're in the midst of burnout, this feels like the always on, everything is due yesterday sensation, go, 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 go. Um, And then also when we look a little bit deeper into just the psychological aspect of it, um, but also sharing this as a tool, right, as a check-in, because some of you in this room or listening may actually be experiencing burnout as we speak. And there's three things that they are identified in several pieces of research. And I wanted to come with the research here today because, of course, I'm going to share my stories. I'm going to share the realness and the reality, the reflections, the coaching. But let's go a little bit to what the data is telling us. And ultimately, they've identified that there's three things that will let you know if you are burnt out or burning out. The first one is exhaustion. So you actually are still exhausted. I don't know about you, but like you've had eight hours of sleep and you're still not refilled, right? The tank is still on empty regardless of what you do. The next thing is cynicism. And what they saw in the research was that cynicism is is precisely how it shows up in men. But for women, it's more of a disconnect, right? A disconnect. So instead of a kind of negative outlook on things, it's an unplugging. It's a meh. Everything's flowing over your head. You're not listening in any meetings because you can't. And then the final step, and this is what I mean when I say it's related to work, is a lack of professional efficacy. Professional efficacy, i.e. your ability to do your job. I remember talking to my friend, um, It was November last year, and I wouldn't quite class it as burnout, but I was en route, right? And thankfully, I was able to take some time off. But I said, I just don't, I just feel so unplugged. And I can't seem to get myself to focus to get certain tasks done, right? And this was not me talking to my friend about procrastination. This was me talking to my friend about, I can't, like, I'm not, where's my, where's my gusto, right? I used to be able to do this in a day and that a day and generate ideas like this and have a meeting and follow up straight away and do that, whatever that looks like for you. But I had recognized how inefficient I was. And it was probably for about a two week period as a professional, i.e. I can come to the meetings, I can do the light work, but I don't have it in me to kickstart a big project, right? I can review stuff, So again, for anyone who's listening, thinking Jazz has just confessed to not doing work for two weeks, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying there was no innovation. There was no creativity. There was no collaboration. There was no reaching for the stars, add some new OKRs. There was no extra get up and go in me. And that's what I had to realize. And thankfully, I had that safe space to to confess that where I then, you know, again, was encouraged to just say, maybe take some time, like take some proper time off and then see if you come back recharged. And I share all of these insights from my own personal experience, because one thing that I want you to release yourself from in this moment is A, a sense of being broken when and after you experience burnout, 
but also a sense of fear, because that was a big thing for me, uh, especially where burnout had kind of come hand in hand with my anxiety and depression. I had this big fear that if I push myself too far again, then I'm just going to snap, right? You know, we want we want to bend, not break. I'm not going to pretend to you that when you use these tools that I'm going to share that everything's going to be rosy, but you're going to be resilient. You're going to be able to come back from it. Because even though I didn't put the data in there, I didn't include those studies, there is scientific data to talk to all of the physical, irreversible things that burnout brings into our lives. I'm talking health problems. I'm talking shortening of life. I'm talking about disease, right? that is invited because of that chronic sense, that constant burnout and not resolving it, not pulling ourselves up from it. But what I want to say, I want to free you from a lot of that heaviness, right? And I want to empower you with the reality that this happens because you care. And that is something for you to be proud of, right? You That means you're intentional with your career. You're intentional with what you do, right? You wouldn't just work around the clock for any old cause or any old person, right? You have a sense of purpose and a sense of consciousness about how you work, right? How you build your career. So I want you to kind of acknowledge that and make peace with that because that's ultimately where it's coming from, right? You don't have this sort of, well, it can feel like that sometimes, but you don't have this sort of voice on your shoulder that is just out to destroy you. You are not out to destroy yourself. All of the steps that you take, although they are betraying your boundaries, betraying your limits and your capacity, you do them because you care. You do them because you believe in a greater good and you want to get to the next level. You want to bring folks along. There's always a positive thing at the root of it. But again, we also want to recognize that that can also be a bit of a toxic loop. And I remember talking to somebody the other day, actually, it was at dinner. She was an entrepreneur um, and she had just had some recent wins in the business and folks were congratulating her. But then we got talking and she said, I'm just I don't have it in me right now. I am so drained. I'm so tired. I don't even know how I'm talking to you. And I said, I could see it. Because when everyone was congratulating you, you were kind of like, yeah. And for those who are listening and not watching my facial expression, right, it's that whole sort of nervous, like, really? You sure? Um, Maybe. Thanks. Yeah. Right. There was a nervousness around it. And we began a conversation and I remember just talking to her. And I, I do, if you've met me in real life, I do this every once in a while. I just, I just riff, Right. I just riff, I tap into what I feel is going on for you, what I believe for you. And I just said to her, I need you to rest because these are the things that you dreamed of. And the worst thing that you want is to arrive at that place and you're not present. You'll physically be present, but emotionally, spiritually, you won't be present. And there, even more so, you will ask yourself, what was this all for? And then you'll look back and the passion, the drive, the mission, right? All of that will feel so far away that it will then perpetuate that toxic loop where you are running on empty and you accept that as the norm. If you're listening today, I need you to not accept running on empty as your norm. 
if you're listening to my voice right now, I need you to know that you don't need to accept that as your norm. It's not sustainable. And it's also not the route. You you all know I love limitless careers, intentional careers, abundant, fulfilling careers. This toxic loop is not that. The other thing to recognize as well, and this kind of goes hand in hand with it happening because we care, we're high achieving, we're plugged in, we want to to get somewhere, right? We're on a mission. Burnout is quite often seen as the direct opposite of employee engagement. And that's more to do with the three things that I mentioned before. So the exhaustion, the cynicism, the lack of professional efficacy. I don't know about you, but I work for an organization that does employee engagement surveys every once in a while. And I'm more like, you know, they share the results, they aggregate it and all of that after. But that's what comes to mind when I look at and I read the research around employee engagement and burnout. And it makes me think of the times where I worked for organizations and that was the space where when I was unplugged, I was done. I was over it. You'd either get the negative me, i.e. the cynicism, or you would just get that in the middle, right? You got a scale of one to five, you'd get that three out of me. Neither nor, not sure, right? In the middle. And what's that? That's the exhaustion. That's also the cynicism, but also the lack of professional efficacy in many ways, right? Because sometimes those surveys try to pull out the things that you're excited about. You know, would you recommend us? All of that stuff. If I'm if I'm not there, right, and this is not me poo-pooing an organization, this is, you know, it's like when you break up, it's not you, it's me. If I have unplugged, you will see that in my employee engagement survey, either through the negativity or just the meh right? You will read 25 questions of Jazz just writing meh because you've unplugged. So that's one thing to bear in mind. Again, I'm giving you these tools and these tricks because I want you to keep this in mind. If you find yourself filling in any variety of pulse or sensor of employee engagement and you're living la vida cynic, and I'm not talking to the folks who you're ready to move on from the job for whatever reason, right? I'm not talking to the folks who are actively interviewing and halfway out the door. I'm talking to the folks who this has just happened, right? This has just happened over time. You're not looking for any job. You you think you're okay. So I'm saying this to you to kind of say, check in. How are you answering those? So those are a few things that I want us to just keep in mind when it comes to burnout. I'm now going to move into the tools because I promised you practical. And as I go through each of these, for those that are in the room, I'm going to launch a few polls and I'm going to encourage you to share any reflections or thoughts in the chat. You are also able to use the chat to ask questions as well, because we'll definitely have time for Q&A at the end. But ultimately, the first thing that I want to put in terms of a poll, just to get you warmed up with what it actually is, is have you experienced burnout? So again, for those listening to the recording, those uh, catching the replay, yes, no, think about it, reflect on it. Again, with these, there are no right or wrong answer, but I just wanted to get a little bit of a pulse. Okay, so first tool, 
Oh, first thing that I want you to consider, right? Because not all of these will be tools per se. But again, I always rock up as coach. So I'm going to leave you with some questions you can journal around, you can reflect on. First thing, self-worth and value. This can feel like a very abstract thing. But I remember the day that I woke up feeling restored after that period of burnout, having that panic attack at Old Gateway Station, I remember feeling so empowered in my value and my mission, so empowered in the reality that if I am broken, nothing moves. So I need to make sure that I don't get to that point. I need to take responsibility for that, right? I had to remember that I'm irreplaceable and I'm invaluable. I needed to put some respect on my own name and life force, right? Because here we're talking about energy. We're talking about depleting our resources. And burnout will rob you of the very thing that you actually seek to protect, right? The work, the project, the mission. Some of you are entrepreneurs. The business that you're trying to really get to the next level and introduce to more people and change the world with. Burnout will rob you of the entire thing and never apologize for it. Your impact, your talents, your contribution, your joy and your fulfillment all gone. So it's so important for you to remember that at the end of the day, it's important to put yourself first. And if that feels strange, learn, right? We're in the business of unlearning and relearning and learning. Find a friend to hold you accountable. Take note of how you perform when you're pushing yourself over the limit consistently, i.e. that burnout experience. I want you to take yourself back there, right? What was the output even? How did you feel about yourself? And then I want you to cast your mind to maybe the first few days after a long time off, right? For some of us, that looks like the Christmas break. And for more of us, I'm really hoping we manage to take at least a week off, right? At some point during the year. But I want you to now reflect on the difference, right? Pushing over the limit consistently, depleting the resources, nourished overflowing, abundant, if you're anything like me, super creative and innovative after that time off. For those that are listening, I've put two hands up because I want to show you the gap that you are playing with. And I want you to have an honest conversation with yourself about what it looks like at every stage. So if we were visualizing this, and if you don't feel silly doing this, put two hands up parallel, right? parallel, like like you're almost about to clap, right? The reset from clapping. And I want you to imagine that there are 10 notches in between these spaces. And you can do this as an exercise. Get a blank piece of paper. On one end, I want you to write all the words that come to mind when you were in that burnout place, when you experienced burnout. And then on the other side, I want you to map out all the words and emotions and feelings, everything associated with that restful period after time off. And I want you to work backwards, work your way into the middle on both sides so that you can clearly understand, On even if it's just on an emotional level, right? So I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about like output. If you want to, you can put, you can put metrics if you like numbers. So you could say, you know, when I'm somewhere in between, I'm maybe getting six hours sleep, right? Things like that. How often are you seeing friends? What the, You put in your parameters of what that looks like because I want to make this as clear as possible for you when you are sliding too far in the wrong and undesirable direction. 
I want you to understand the gap between the two. Because when you understand the gap between the two, you understand the journey to any one of these points. You also then empower yourself to understand that just like I was at a one at some point and I was at 10 at the other, it is within my control, my power to be at any stage on this spectrum. Right? We don't have time to go into the toxic workplaces that contribute to burnout. We know they exist. What we're talking about today is the thing that you can control, which is your boundaries. And that's what I'm going to go on to next. This podcast is brought to you by Just Jazz Private Coaching, the six-month one-to-one experience for high achievers to carve their unique and limitless careers free from overwhelm and underwhelm. With challenging and curious coaching, we get knee-deep in all the things getting in the way of you having a hell yeah career instead of a career that feels meh. If this sounds great to you, book a call today at justjazz.co forward slash coaching, where we will map out the what and how of working together. So while I tuck into that, I'm going to launch another poll just to get another pulse on what is going on for everyone. Okay, so the question for those who are listening and not in the room, do you know your capacity and where the line is? And in the poll, I put yes, no, working on it. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to give some, we're a work in progress. Let's be that. That's absolutely fine. The next thing I want to jump into are boundaries, the B word. I need you to get some. Like I said, when I came back after that period of burnout, I was so empowered. I was firm. I was, I tell anybody who listens what time I finish work and what time I start and what I will and will not do. Having a proactive handle on your capacity and humbling yourself as a human. We are not Clark Kent. We have a finite amount of kilojoules in a day and much less mental and emotional capacity than we think we do. I'm not saying this to limit you. I'm saying this to humble you. Some humility is sometimes needed when it comes to our physical form, right? And I want you to also remember boundaries are as much about what they hold in as what they keep out. Do not betray your boundaries to belong. Do not betray your boundaries to belong. What do I mean like that? What do I mean about that, right? Getting delivery in the office for staying online late isn't going to give you back the missed hours of sleep. That's what I mean. Just because everybody is living la vida, work hard, play hard, doesn't mean that you need to do that as well. Do not betray your personal boundaries to belong. And I mean the word betray. I'm not talking adjust, right? Because we all adjust. If there's something that you want to be a part of, you'll work those extra hours, you'll move things around, you'll adjust childcare, right? But that's your empowered decision. That's not a betrayal of the boundary because the boundary goes whoop right back. So boundaries, I need you to really examine those. And there's a few things that I want you to reflect on when it comes to boundaries. Do you have them? Question one. Do you have boundaries? Yes, no, working on it. Again, we're always going to have that work in progress. And if you have them or you're working on them, right? Maybe if you don't even have them, right? Anyone can answer this question. Do other folks know what those boundaries are? 
Or are your boundaries some best kept secret? Are they just for you and you only? Are they, they're like locked away in your journal? Only you and the universe knows what your boundaries are. Everyone else is just out here guessing or just walking all over them. Let's be frank. Let's be real. Can we be real here today? That's what happens. So I really want you to check in on those and ask yourself those questions. The next thing that I want to tuck into as a practical point is the sense of urgency and peer pressure. I'm chucking in peer pressure, but really, really we're talking about urgency. Fast-paced environments, work hard, play hard, mission-led business, and a sense of vocation. They all tend to come with a sense of urgency, whether it's spoken or unspoken. And that can cause you to blur the lines between what tasks are more or less important. And then ultimately you get to a space, because I've been there, hello, hands up, where I believe that everything is on fire. It's all on fire. It's due yesterday, right? And you can almost feel yourself doing it because you check in with people. They go, how's it going? What have you been up to this week? How's it been? And you're just like, oh, yeah, just busy. I was just working on this. Woo. Heavy, 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 heavy. Headless chicken vibes, right? Are you the person that somebody asks, how's it going? And there's never a neutral like it's always things are on fire and, you know, we really need to make the deadline in two minutes and uh, we needed to revamp this thing overnight. Version two, we needed to launch. I don't even know how to code, but I'm learning to code so that we can release this. Launch. Are you doing the most? Because what will happen is then this inherent belief about urgency, regardless of whether the sense is there, whether the peer pressure is there, whether the the work environment is dictating that urgency towards you. It's what happens when we internalize it and we believe it for ourselves. Like I said at the top, when it came to my burnout, I take responsibility because I self-imposed those ridiculous expectations on myself. So when we talk about you imposing a sense of urgency on every single thing that drops in your inbox, in your Slack and on your plate, this then translates to you never taking annual leave or even feeling safe enough to do so and put on a proper out of office. Okay. I switched my tone there because I'm telling you, I'm telling you what to do. Everything else is a light suggestion, but this one, please, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen an I'm out. I'm out the office, but in the office, message. Handing out mobile numbers that aren't even shared usually, right? In the event a quote-unquote emergency happens, facepalm, right? Facepalm emoji, facepalm right now. Those that are on the video, I am facepalming because this is what I do every time I see it. And I see it from colleagues and I'm like, I don't even have your mobile number, but I have it now because you're on holiday. What? What's going on? Please. So please take this as your warning. If you ever message me and I get you out of office and it's that, I will reply back and tell you. I also want you to read that when you come back, not while you are on the holiday, but I will reply and be like, annual leave or nah, PTO or nah. Switch off your brain. It's not on fire. Okay urgency and peer pressure. So the question that I want to ask you right now, if you're in the room and you're listening, 
how easy is it for you to discern the urgency of tasks? Because this is about beliefs, right? And this is this is in our mind. This is what we believe. This is not about a red flag on a task. This is not about somebody chasing you. This is not about how many emails are in your inbox about it, right? Because those of us that have a handle on discerning the urgency of tasks, I can see through all that stuff, right? I'm at the point in my career and in my life that if you send me an email in capital letters, I'm, I'm, you chose to do that for you, okay? I will respect adding action required in the subject line. However, comma, if I can't action the action required in that moment, then I can't, right? And I'll be honest, I'll be frank with you. I have my work email on my phone. I've got my work slack on my phone. I do check it every so often out of hours. Doesn't mean I'm going to respond. Mm -mm. No, ma'am, no, sir. No, no. Okay, so how easy is it for you to discern the urgency of tasks? And for those, the benefit of those who are listening, I said super easy, hit and miss, difficult, super difficult, i.e. everything's on fire, easy-ish, right? I gave some more options here because this can this can feel a bit interesting. And again, in the examples that I gave, does that change with who's giving you the task, how they're communicating the task, right? Does, is this more likely to happen when there's no deadline given, right? That used to be a fun one for me. I used to think if you haven't put a deadline on it, you just want me to do it now? Huh? How, what? <laughs> right? That, that used to be what came up for me. And then the last thing that I want to share is meaningful rest. So this is a tool. This is not a long weekend, especially not a bank holiday one. We all know that they get filled with things. I am talking about true unplugged rest. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, Dalton Sandra Dalton-Smith, I want to make sure I put some respect on her name and say it correctly, has told us that there are seven types of rest. And at the moment, I'm going to launch the link to the full article where she describes all of these better than I can. And then, of course, in the show notes, we're going to have this link available for you. But feel free to go and read that blog. Seven types of rest. So the first one is physical rest. So that's passive, passive things. Sleeping, napping. I'm a fan of an afternoon nap, right? My lunch break is consistently blocked out. If I don't have a client or a call at that time, best believe I will get 20 minutes of a nap in around eating a good meal right? It can also be active things like yoga, stretching, getting a massage, sorting out your shit office chair. Hello. Physically, is your office set up destroying your body? Let's be real. Mental rest is the next one. Lying down without your brain doing the to-do list. Being able to go to the shops, and not forgetting what you came for completely. I'm not talking like you went there with a list of 10 things in mind and you've got two. I'm talking you went with a list of three things and you forgot every single one. You stepped over the threshold of that shop and you were like, um, what did I want again? Or let's make it worse. What did my mum want again? What did he want? What did my housemate want again? Nothing like going to pop to the shops for someone else and saying, yeah, no worries, I'll get it for you. Getting there and being like, ooh, key. Um, maybe I should have written a list. Next type of rest, social rest. Experience your Disney people, 
right? Those life-giving friends that feed your energy, no leeches or Debbie Downers. I'm talking about the type of social rest that rejuvenates you. I don't know about you, but sometimes there's some of my friends that I spend time with that we could stay up so late or been together for so long, so many hours, and I still feel like we can keep on going, right? Because they feed me, they feed, they recharge my social battery, they recharge me energetically. The next one is spiritual rest. So having a sense of meaning in your work and your life, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be related to a faith or a religion. This is just really about that whole idea that we are all spiritually connected with spiritual beings, um, an understanding or a concept of there being a higher power or um, a sense of collective purpose on the planet, right? Whatever that looks like for you. But spiritual rest is one type of rest. Sensory rest, the phone, the fridge, the machines beeping, Oh, and they're testing the fire alarm. That literally happened to me today. I was delivering a workshop for a client and this robotic voice came through my speakers in like in the ceiling, not even in my laptop. It was very black mirror. But I was just like, okay, this is a lot. This is a lot. A lot is going on, right? Sensory. Some people refer to sensory overload, especially if you're neurodivergent. We have to be mindful of that. This is another reason, definitely a conversation for another day, but this is another reason that not everybody wants to come back into the office. Hello, right? It's a lot going on. Last two, emotional rest. Now this is, oh, this is belonging. This is authenticity. This is safety, right? This is where we get to be real and authentic in our feelings, in our experiences, right? We don't have to pretend. We don't have to give the representative answer to the question, how are you? How's it going? We can answer honestly. We can speak freely. That's emotional rest. And then last but not least, creative rest. Painting, long walk, museum, theater, dance, creativity. And that could be you doing the creative thing or just immersing yourself in it, experiencing it. There's something that happens in those moments, right? And again, if you're anything like me, that then inspires you more and then you go off and do more things. I'm saying this to say that all of these types of rest are important. They're valid. We've each got our unique way of doing it. But more than anything, when I personally look at these seven different types of rest, I see the moments where when I do more of any one of these things, I'm so much better for it. I am sharper, I'm more inspired, I'm more passionate, I'm more connected. I am more me when I rest. And there's no wrong or right to it, right? And also this evolves, this evolves as we evolve. That professional nap thing, that skill that I have, I picked that up in the pandemic, right? That was the type of rest that I needed, In the afternoon, I needed a nap. That was it. Now that I'm out and about again, I'm also going to the gym. Not as in I don't like it. I enjoy it. However, it does, the body is doing a lot. So getting a massage, non-negotiable, at least once a month. That is what happens. I have to give myself that physical rest because I can't be banging weights then doing sessions, delivering client work, managing mixed panel community. I'll be doing all those things. 
and not have time to rest. And also one thing, if you're, you know, my friends will know this is spa treatments aren't just spa treatments for me. They're actually a great, great way for me to switch off my brain because I literally cannot multitask. And the clarity that I get from like a one hour facial or one hour massage, invaluable because my brain slows down enough to just bubble what's important to the surface or bubble nothing at all. How about that? Right. I'm able to understand and discipline my body and my mind to say, this is your job right now. Be present. Right. Same as social rest. Again, going back to those life giving friends. You do not look at your phone when you're with these friends unless it's part of the conversation, right? And then you look at your phone and you go, oh gosh, I was meant to tell mom when I was leaving. Oh, I was meant to order Uber by now. Yeah? All of these things, I want you to check in on those. I've shared the blog post. Have a look at and see what's true for you. See the types of rest that are, are really there for you and understand what that specifically is. And that can create part of your action plan towards burnout. That's what all of this is. So what I'll be doing is putting together a little bit of a checklist. All the questions and reflection points that we've discussed today, um, because it's been a lot. But again, I promised you practical and I want to make it as practical as possible for you to feel empowered, not powerless when it comes to something like burnout. I don't want you to be triggered by it. I don't want you to live a life that's fearful of it either because I've been there and it's stifling. I was there for about 2.5 seconds and then I was just like, I cannot fulfill my mission on this planet if I am afraid of my own self, right? Because when you burn out, you're still you. And just like I've been doing throughout this episode, throughout this session, I'm going to take responsibility for the, the ways that I sabotage myself, for the things that I do to myself. Right. And I want to encourage you to do the same. And if you struggle with that at all, come on back. Let's have a chat. Slide in my DMs. Right. Drop me an email. Jazz at justjazz.co. I am here to support. So that ended my message for today. I want to take a moment and open the floor for questions. You can just use the chat. And then, of course, if you are listening to this on replay, I believe that there is a way for you to submit questions. If there isn't, as I just read out my email address, I'll share it for you to ask there. What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high-achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.